Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. For Friday, October 21st, I'm your host, Victor Menashe. If you're loving what you're hearing on the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, go out and tell two friends today. Show them how easy it is to subscribe to the show. The Real Estate Espresso Podcast can be heard on more than 20 different platforms. And wherever you listen to podcasts, you're sure to find the show. Go spread the love around. Why keep all this goodness to yourself? Now, for the past several weeks, we've been focusing on macroeconomic conditions. It seems that all markets, the stock market, the bond market, and the real estate market are being dominated by the macro environment. Traditionally, we think of real estate as hyperlocal, and it is. A piece of waterfront property is going to be valued differently from that same acreage two blocks inland. But still, the macro is dominating the environment. And this is a time when I'm starting to see liquidity in the lending market starting to disappear. There are facilities available for banks that are in trouble to ask the Federal Reserve for help. These short-term facilities are accessed through the discount window at the Fed and what is called the repo market, but repo transactions are publicly visible. Banks are reluctant to use the facility because they're effectively signaling to the world that they're in difficulty. Federal Reserve discount window is how the U.S. Central Bank lends money to its member banks. It's also called the Fed's use of credit. Banks take out these overnight loans to make sure they can meet the reserve requirement when they close out each night. Since 1980, any bank, including some foreign ones, can borrow at the Fed's discount window. If an institution doesn't meet the eligibility requirements for primary credit, then it can try for secondary credit, which has a slightly higher interest rate. In all cases, the borrowing banks must post collateral to the Fed in return for the loan. That collateral could include U.S. Treasury notes, municipal bonds. It could include AAA mortgages, consumer loans, and commercial loans. In 1999, the Federal Reserve also accepted investment-grade certificates of deposit and some AAA-rated mortgage-backed securities. Foreign central banks have similar facilities. Some are public for everyone to see, and others have a bit more privacy. To that end, we've been tracking what's been happening in the foreign exchange swap lines for signs of financial instability. The discount window of the Federal Reserve is too visible when a lender needs to access liquidity. In fact, the discount window at any central bank is generally too visible. It's like putting a flashing red light on top of your forehead saying, I'm in trouble. Last week, we noted that the Swiss National Bank was trading Swiss francs for U.S. dollars with the Federal Reserve Bank of New York. That's a weekly auction that for most of the past decade has had zero activity, except for small flurries of activity, for example, in the spring of 2020, when we were in the early days of the pandemic. We saw extensive use of this back in 2008. Now, three weeks ago was the first time we saw any appreciable activity at the foreign exchange swap line between the Swiss National Bank and the Federal Reserve in a long, long time. At that time, nine banks accessed the facility for a total of $3.1 billion. Then last week, there were a total of 15 banks accessing $6.27 billion. This week, the swap line was accessed by 17 banks for a total of $11 billion. This seems to be a growing problem. When banks resort to these types of facilities, it's not to prevent a problem. It means there's already a problem. It's already happened. Now, we don't know who it is. That part has been obscured. But there are signs of trouble nevertheless. That's $30 billion of liquidity being moved around in the span of three weeks by a total of 17 banks. Now, it's likely these transactions are initiated by Swiss subsidiaries of foreign banks. They could be German banks, Italian banks, British banks. We don't really know. It's possible that there's some Swiss banks mixed in there as well. Now, if you look at the Bank of England, 
you won't find any activity for U.S. dollar repo transactions beyond an occasional 5 or $10 million transaction in a given week. But the bank does publish aggregate data about participation in their monetary framework. The use of the discount window has the individual institution data obscured, but they publish aggregate data much after, at the end of the quarter. What they do publish is the number of institutions using their discount facility, again with a delay. There were 165 firms using the discount facility as of September 22nd of this year. Now that's one day before all hell broke loose in the UK markets with Liz Truss's crazy tax cut announcement, which fundamentally broke the trust in the UK as a financially responsible government. Well, needless to say, her successor had better embody financial trust. What I'm seeing is unusual signs of activity being demanded by banks through the Swiss swap lines. We need to keep monitoring this for signs of contagion. We now have three weeks in a row of near doubling of the U.S. dollars being purchased through the Swiss National Bank through their swap lines. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.